Blog Talk Radio. on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. Welcome, everybody, to the October 17th edition of the Habs 360 podcast, episode 150. And well, as you heard from the intro, the Canadians are perfect. So what a better way to get the show started than playing the song of uh, Mr. Perfect from uh, WWE. So the Canadians, they're doing great. We'll tell you about in the next 60 minutes. They are currently 5-0. and And naturally, that puts them first place across the board, in the Atlantic Division, in the Eastern Conference, and in the NHL, Canadians are first place. So we won't need to go into those uh, details. And well, let's get started and start looking at the sportsclubstats.com that have the Canadians at 88.3% chance of making the playoffs. So they're off to a uh, a good start. As you know, Habs 360 is the most informative, the most interactive a podcast that you'll be able to find. And well, our question of the day. Well, we have a lot of questions. Like I said, you can chime in on anything Montreal Canadiens related. Uh, I'll just throw a couple of topics out, out there. Your thoughts on the Thomas Plekanec contract extension for two years at $12 million. Uh, we know tonight the Canadians are facing the Detroit Red Wings, a 7 o'clock start at the Bell Centre. And it was announced that the Canadians 
will not be making any changes to the lineup. What about you? If you were the coach, would you make any changes to the lineup? And I guess I could throw one out there. If you had to name one reason that the Canadians are 5-0, and what would it be? Well, like I said, it's a trick question. You have to choose only one reason. That's how this game that I just made up works. So you can reach us via Twitter, at Habs360. You can also give us a call toll-free, 1-877-455-4945. And you can, if you're listening to us on your browser, on the blogtalkradio.com, you scroll to the bottom of the page, and you can enter our chat room. And if there's any messages there, we'll be reading it uh, before the end of uh, today's episode. Joining me today, he's the editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. Twitter handle is All Habs. Rick Stevens, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. I'm thrilled to be here on this uh, historic occasion. Uh, historic because for the first time in the Canadians' 100-plus years of uh, franchise history, uh, they have a, they're off to a 5-0 and start. And how did they get there? Well, it started off last Saturday, Canadians 4-2 winners over the Boston Bruins. Lars Zeller with a couple of goals in that game and Alex Galchenyuk with uh, three assists. Alex Semin, which will be a topic of a discussion in today's episode, got a pair of assists in that game. And the Canadians 11-1 in the last 12 regular season games against the Boston Bruins. Next day on Sunday, Canadians 3-1 winners over the Ottawa Senators. It was the first career start and the first career win of Michael Condon, who made 20 saves. Thomas Plekanec scored a pair of goals. On Tuesday night, Canadians beat the Penguins 3-2. Max Pacioretty with a pair of goals. And then on Thursday night, Canadians over the Rangers 3-0. And that was a game that... Both goalies put on the show. Carey Price with a shutout, 24 saves in that one, and David Derne with a pair of assists. So that brought the Canadians to a 5-0 record. Like Rick said, it was the first time in franchise history that that happens, that the Canadians get a 5-0 start. And it was also the first time in history that the Canadians started off with four wins on the road to start off the season. And, well, the last three times that happened, Canadians won the uh, the Stanley Cup all three times. So will happen again in 2016. Who knows? This could be the beginning of a historic season for the Montreal Canadiens. And Rick, during the week, the Canadians started playing a couple of games. Okay, they beat the Leafs. Then they beat the Bruins. Then they beat the Ottawa Senators. So then when the Canadians were 3-0, the comments that I would read from some Canadians fans and non-Canadians fans was, well, look who they beat. They beat teams who will probably won't make it to the playoffs or will barely make it to the playoffs. But then, last two games against the Pittsburgh, against Pittsburgh Penguins and New York Rangers, I think it's two pretty good teams. Uh, Canadians beat both. So, Rick, you got to say that uh, it's quite an impressive start for the Canadians. Oh, absolutely. And you're right. That was the commentary. And, and um, you know, the Penguins certainly have a lot of firepower, but they're off to a little a tough start. So even after uh, the Canadians went to, to four and zero, 
Um, there was lots of talk about uh, look at the the combined records. The combined records of uh, those four teams uh, to start the season was two nine and one. Um, so again, there was some doubt about um, you know just how good are the Canadians this season. Um, but then getting that fifth historic victory um, was uh, pretty significant. It's really hard to imagine when you look at the you know the the seventy one team, the seventy eight team, that that none of the teams prior to, to this one were able to get to that five and O mark. And um, in addition, watching, watching that, that game against the Rangers, the Rangers are a pretty strong team, pretty fast team too. And yet it was the Rangers to a man afterwards uh, that said the Canadians beat us with speed. Um, And, you know, I, I think that, that, the Canadians had a little trouble, um, uh, you know, the, with, with the lightning last year, uh, with the Rangers when, when speed was a factor, but this year, um, that's how they're, they're dominating in possession and they're, they're dominating in the speed game. And they, that was a really good game on Thursday night and they look great. Um, and as you said, Carey Price was unbelievable in, in registering his, uh, his shutout. They, they they really pushed the pace, and um, this is, we didn't want to watch them play the game. We want to go at them. We want to attack them. And even in the third, like you just said, with five minutes left in the game, uh, we just we know that there was going to be a lot of work to be done, and we didn't want to change our style. This is how we got success. And that's well, Terry, uh, following Thursday night's game against the Rangers. Talking about the Canadians uh, and their style of play in the third period, uh, something to note is the Canadians haven't trailed at all since the beginning of the season. And one thing that I found different uh, compared to at least the last, at least especially to last year, is they haven't sat on their leads. If you look at the uh, the third period of the games this week, if you look at the shot on goal columns. Uh, in, against the Bruins, Canadians outshot them in the third, ten to six. Against the Senators, Canadians ten to nine outshot the, uh, the Senators. Okay, against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh did outshoot them fourteen eleven, but it wasn't that big of a difference. And then against the New York Rangers, the Canadians just doubled the shots thirteen to uh, to seven. So I, that's it's a style of play that I find different from the Canadians from last year. It's from a fan's point of view, it's much more exciting to uh, to watch when your team is is uh, putting this kind of uh, pressure. And while I think it even makes it tougher for their opponents, and it looks like the Canadians are at least trying to get away from relying on Carey Price on uh, stealing games for them. And Rick, do you agree that, do you find the Canadians, at least so far, have been playing a different kind of uh, system? Yeah, certainly, um, you know, the elements are there from, from how we've seen them play in the past, but, but you're right. There's, there's a lot more puck pressure. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from, from how they support each other. Uh, Max Pacioretty mentioned uh, during the week that uh, the, the defense are, are, are joining in the rush, but it's not only that it's, it's, uh, it's moving up and, and reducing the gap 
so that they're they're pressuring the the puck carrier, causing turnovers, uh, supporting each other when they have the puck to maintain possession. Um, their third periods have been much better for me. Um, their first periods have been much much better. Um, as you remember, last year it was kind of common for for the Canadians to to look like they were unprepared in the first period to come out slow to be down a goal or two um, after the first period. And then, you know, second period was their period and, and they, they would um, um, take the lead there. But, but, um, but I, you know, as you said, the third period has been a big improvement first period as well. And this whole concept of, I, I, I think Michelle Terrian has discovered uh, puck possession uh, in the off season. And, and could it be also, uh, is it a different philosophy? Could it be a different roster compared to uh, to last season? If we look at it, there there's Galchenyuk who's playing at center. I need to look at defensive pairings. So I know uh, a couple of episodes back, I wasn't crazy about the defensive pairings, but based on the system the Canadians are, have been playing so far, I think it makes uh, the starting to make sense. If you look at the first pairing, Markov and Subban, so Subban, he can carry the puck all the way to the opposing team blue line. Markov, we know how sharp, how accurate his passing uh, could be. On the second pairing, Jeff Petrie, he's a defenseman that could get the puck out of the zone and help out and pinch out uh, and pinch in. Sorry, I should say, as a fourth man in the offense. And then on the third pairing of uh, Bollier and Gilbert, you have Bollier who plays uh, who plays that role. So it looks like. Intentionally, not intentionally, they know. I guess we don't, but it looks like they've prepared their their lineup of defensive pairings in accordance to play uh, to play that kind of a style. So, so we'll see. Hopefully, the Canadians will keep it up. A lot more exciting as the Canadians face the uh, Detroit Red Wings tonight, a seven o'clock start at the Bell Center. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs 360. All right, so this is a brand new segment here on Habs 360. So the way that will work, I'll explain it, is every week, either myself or Rick or whoever will be on the on the episode will be choosing a winner and a loser of the week. So this week will be Rick, who's going to start off with uh, making his choices. And the way that will work is Rick will say his choices, then I'll tell him how I disagree with him. And then next week, when I make my choices, he's going to tell me how I'm right and I agree with it. So it's a pretty simple concept. And Rick, the floor is yours. Who are your winners and losers of the week? Well, let's let's start with our losers and work up to the, the winners. Um, and we have a couple of nominees. It's it's pretty tough uh, to to identify losers on a historic 5-0 and team. Um, but but maybe there there are a couple and and you'll understand as we go through. Um, the first nominee is JJ Daniel, and um, he can be a loser in that he was given the burden of the power play, or he can be a loser in that that uh, the power play has been dreadful again as it was last year, even under uh, new management, so to speak. Um, so he he was he had some consideration. Um, Dustin Tokarski, um, he was sent down, uh, um, and, uh, to the ice caps. He had a, 
a pretty good debut. He looked good in, in uh, their opening game. Um, and then in the second game of the season for the Ice Caps, uh, with a 1-1 tie going into the third period, uh, Tokarski gave up five goals in the third period, um, and the Ice Caps lost 6-1. to um, So he, he, he deserves some uh, consideration. Paul Byron, um, he hasn't got into the lineup yet, and he was promised by um, uh, Michelle Terrian that he would see action in the in the uh, the road on the road trip. Uh, that promise was rescinded, uh, so uh, poor Paul gets some consideration. But the loser of the week uh, for me was, is uh, Alex Salmon, um, and that is because Alex Salmon has had a real opportunity. He still does has a real opportunity to prove himself, to earn a contract for next year. Uh, he looked great in preseason, and he's he's only shown small bit, small flashes. He's got two great line mates who have really good chemistry in, in Lars Eller and Alex Galchenyuk. Um, and already this week, he's been nailed to the bench at times, losing shifts to um, uh, Brian Flynn and, and Devontae Smith-Pelly. Uh, so... Alex Salmon is is my loser of the week, and and uh, those are good choices. It's hard uh, it's hard to choose, like you said, on the historic team. Uh, for Salmon, when it comes to Musa, he got a pair of assists against the Boston Bruins uh, last weekend, and we've seen him use his hands here and there, like you said. But in the last couple of games, there was some shifts that he. Um, that he, he he was getting swapped with uh, with Devante Smith Pelly, and well, I guess I'll say that he is a loser of the. Uh, I'll agree with that pick. That so far he's a disappointment. But on the other hand, I'll say to myself, it's only five games. I'd still be patient with him for uh, for a couple of more games. And do you think, Rick, that uh, Michel Terry is going to lose patience with him soon? Well, you know, um, I don't think he has a, a really long leash. Um, uh, but you know, this, as you said, this this guy has has potential. He has talent. So um, you're you're waiting. If it gets to ten games and there's still this inconsistency, I think you're going to see uh, a trip to the, the press box for uh, Mr. Salmon. Okay. What if we move on to the winner of the week? The winners of the week, that was, uh, you know, we could have a very long list here. Um, and I tried to uh, restrict myself. Um, we have Thomas Placanitz, who is now the uh, the new $6 million man, signed a two-year contract, um, very well deserved. He's been, you know, he had a quiet uh, preseason, but he's been uh, great in the regular season, consistent every night. His line is, has uh uh, has been good. Uh, Thomas has um, uh, four goals uh, that is uh, tied for the league, lead, the uh, team lead with Max Pacioretty. He deserved consideration. Um, Andre Markov has been probably the most consistent um, Canadians defenseman, um, even though he's getting the you know the, the more than twenty minutes a night. He's been very good after. You know, uh, kind of a shaky playoff. He's he's rounded back into form. He's a, a team leading plus eight. He looks great. Um, Carey Price 
you know, we, we even wondered if he could repeat um, uh, his amazing season last season. He, he's off to an incredible start. with a, uh, He has a four, four wins, uh, 957 save percentage, 125 goals against. Uh, he, he almost got the nod for his hit on Chris Kreider um, that he's been waiting a year and a half to deliver. Um, but he would have been a too easy choice. My choice goes to Alexei Emelin, who um, has, was the, the player who most Habs fans over the summer and in the preseason wanted traded, wanted out, wanted put on waivers, wanted out. And he's been, he's been very, very good. Solid uh, on the second pairing, good in front of the net. He has a, a team leading 14 hits. He's intimidating back there. He looks very good, uh, uh, complimentary with, with Jeff Petrie. Um, and so just because he was uh, so much maligned, um, I'm going to give him the uh, winner of the week. And, and he, he so impressed that uh, our managing editor, Corey, uh, wrote a, an official apology to him uh, in his article uh, yesterday. So Alexei Emelin, the, uh, the winner of the week. I'm going to have to go with uh, with what you called the easy choice, uh, Carey Price, as the the winner uh, of, of the week. That's who my choice would have been from those uh, candidates after a season like he had last year. And he's starting the same way as this year as well. It's uh, it's kind of hard to go uh, against him. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know it was him. When you found out, though? <laughs> no, I didn't know it was him. And there goes out the cherry on the Sunday when he hit Chris Kreider. And then the funny thing is that he didn't know it was him, but when Kreider was down, the players going the other side, Carey Price was staring down on um, ITI. So I'm pretty sure he knew who he was. But I guess Boston Bruins fans... Uh, I guess they they believe Carey Price, right? Because they believed when Chara said a couple of years back that he didn't know it was uh, Max Pacioretty. All right, so Rick shared his thoughts on the winners and the losers of the week. Well, let us know. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Who would be your winner or loser of the week? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360, or you can give us a call toll-free at 1-877-455-4945. Rick spoke about Alexi Emelin as his winner of the week. I have some thoughts on him on the other side of the break. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from R2Canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season I will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of R2Canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit R2Canvas.com. Good luck.
Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Welcome back to Hat 360 as we celebrate the Canadians' perfect 5-0 and start, a historic start for the Montreal Canadiens to begin this 2015-16 season. And well, before we go on, I'd like to tell you about one of our new sponsors, Zesto Restaurant Bar and & Grill. And well, I went earlier this week and I met with you, owner Jerry, and boy, is this a nice place. It's located on St. Catherine between McGill College and University Street or Robert Bourassa. And it's open from 7 a.m. all the way to 3 a.m. They deliver until 4.30 a.m. in the morning. So it's pretty much open all the time. And you have great food, pizzas, subs, uh, barbecue chicken, ribs, burgers, pasta, whatever you want. They have it. The Zesto name has been open for 26 years now. It's just recently moved to a new location, and there's a nice bar area. When you walk in, you turn to the left, big screen TV, and when the Habs games are on, the sound is on. So it's a great atmosphere to uh, to watch much Hopkins games or any sporting event, uh, in fact. So for more information, you can visit their website at zestoresto.com. Or you can give them a call at 514-395-8555. And you can also uh, reach them via Twitter. Their Twitter handle is at Zesto Resto MTL. And in fact, when it comes to Zesto Resto, they have provided us some gift certificates to give our lucky listeners and followers of Habs360. So just keep following us on Twitter. And as of this week, you'll be able to win a $30 gift card to go uh, visit them before the uh, the end of the year. So really looking forward, and it's uh, really excited to be working with uh, with Zesto Resto Bar and Grill. So before the before the break, when we're talking about the winners and losers of the week, one of the names that stood out as a uh, one of the winners that Rick chose was Alexi Emelin, and. Well, for those of you who have been listening since the beginning of the season, they know that 
I've been one of the um, the people who have been calling out Alexi Emelin and thinking like he should be traded because I think somebody like Jared Nordy uh, could do a similar job than Alexi Emelin. And if you put into Nordy instead of Emelin, he's a much cheaper cap hit. And I got to say uh, that Alexi Emelin has surprisingly impressed me so far in the beginning of the season. I think he's had a better start than he did last season with uh, the Canadians, where last year his physical game that he's been known for, I found it showed more, well, showed only when you're playing the Boston Bruins. But so far this season, I think he's been pretty consistent from beginning to uh, to the end and I guess scaring, intimidating the the opposing players. So I'll give him props for that. But Rick, my question to you is: How much of that success can we put on Jeff Petrie? Remember, years ago, if we go back to when Mike Komisarik was here with the Montreal Canadiens, Andre Markov, I think, made him look good. And then as soon as Komisarik went to the, either the Hurricanes or to the Leafs, he was never the same. And I'm starting to think that maybe something similar is going on. With uh, with Emeline with uh, with with Petrie. Well, uh, that's a good example. Commissaric is a good example. Uh, perhaps uh, another example is Ryan O'Byrne. Uh, for a while, Ryan O'Byrne played on the top pairing with Andre Markov, and people scratched their heads. and And Ryan O'Byrne looked pretty good uh, next to Andre Markov. I I think I think that's the the difficulty that fans have, is they compare player. To player, and it happened. Um, it happened during the Olympics when the selections were taking place, and and when the pairings were being set up, and people were saying, "Well, PK Subban is is a better defenseman than any of the ones that that started ahead of him." But what Mike Babcock understands, and and the elite um, coaches in the league understand, is it's a puzzle. It's not. It's not. You don't put out your best six and automatically expect success. It's how the, 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 the group fits together. It's how they play together. It's, 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 it's how they, they complement each other. And that's what Alexei Emelin does so well with Jeff Petrie. Um, it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, you know, kind of an academic argument to say um, is, is Greg Patteron better than than um, Alexei Emlin? Is Jared Tenorti better than? Well, you could line them up and you could do drills and you could do passing. You could do all kinds of things, and that doesn't really matter. It's how they fit together on the ice. And right now, Alexei Emlin is proving that he is a very good fit on the second pairing um, because he brings that that intimidation factor that. Um, even Jared Tenorti couldn't. Jared Tenorti can be physical, but he's he's he has intimidating height. Um, but nobody can deliver those uh, bone crushing checks like Alexei Emelin uh, that makes the opposing forwards kind of hesitate when they come across the blue line. Okay, where's where's Emelin? Um, and that hesitation allows you know. Um, one of the back checking forwards to step in and, and uh, cause a turnover or causes all kinds of things. Alexei Emelin is, is, um, is fitting in very well. And 
and he's an important piece of that improved defensive core over over last season. And I remember from a couple of years back, the Canadians' record with and without Alexi Emelin was crazy. That's uh, Canadians were a lot better team with him, and I've bashed him, but it's always good intention. Like I hope he plays well, and I hope he helps the Montreal Canadiens uh, win. So far, I think this year he's done his part of um, his contribution to the team, and I just hope that it continues on uh, for the rest of the season. So, Half Three Sixty is pretty interactive. It's the most interactive podcast you'll find. You can let us know who are your winner and your loser of the week at Habs360 on Twitter or 1-877-455-4945. You can let us know. Also, we know the Canadians. No lineup changes tonight against the Detroit Red Wings. If you had to make one change, what would it be? Or if you had to choose one reason why the Canadians are 5-0, and what is it? Or anything else. you have any general questions for us, uh, you can definitely contact us and we'll we'll be able to respond to it uh, before the end of today's episode. And knocked down by Mitchell. Plakhanitz on it again. He'll get it off the glass and out. Pitch already going for it. He's not going to have to get there. It's in the net. And a goal for Thomas Plakhanitz. Well, obviously the biggest. I mean, there is no better place to win a Stanley Cup than Montreal. And uh, I've been here my, my whole career. And... Um, Having that chance to win it here, the team we have, uh, there's a big chance that we we can we can really do some damage in the next couple of years. So uh, I'm really happy about it and hoping hoping that uh, we'll, we'll do that. Well, everyone in this room, it's it's obvious how important he is. I think sometimes he might not get the recognition from the outside, but but I think I've said it before. That's why he's so respected uh, in our room. Is uh, he doesn't need that recognition. He's going to show up and be a professional every day, and, and like you said, he skated today, and, and uh, you know, it's a, sets a good example for uh, for all of us as to how to prepare for the game and, and play the right way on the ice as well. So we heard there from uh, Thomas Plekanec and Max Patray talking about the uh, contract extension: two years, twelve million, a seven-year, uh, sorry, seven million year number one, five million year number two. I think it's a fair contract. I thought the Canadians, uh, the contract would have been for a third year, but it might have been a um, an aspect where Plakanis may have wanted three, Canadians wanted two, so maybe they paid him up front a little bit more to uh, compensate for a year less in uh, in the contract. There's no uh, no trade clause, there's no no movement clause, so this means that uh, during the deal, if something works doesn't work out, or the Canadians want to part ways with Thomas Plekanec, he's tradable. So, Rick, you told us about your comments in the first segment about uh, Thomas Plekanec, but what do you think about the timing, about the fact that the contract was signed now during the season and it wasn't during last offseason or it wasn't waited until, they weren't waiting until this uh, this offseason? I think it's very smart. I think it's it's smart for both parties, it's probably, you know, Thomas Pekanitz, uh, the, uh, the contract and negotiations and all of that would be, um, he doesn't like to take his focus away from the game. Um, you know, oftentimes um, when I've been at Broussard, he's he's always uh, been the first player on the ice for practice. He's, he's, um, he's just a very committed, uh, determined kind of player. And, and I think, 
Um, this allows, you know, it gets it off the table and, and allows um, uh, both parties to concentrate on the season. Um, he's been, he's been great so far. Uh, as you said, there's um, some, some we're expecting maybe a third year. Some we're expecting maybe a no movement clause. Um, what we don't know yet is, um, uh, as part of the negotiations, what the McDonald's menu item is going to be. I expect another <laughs> Jeff Petrie video to come out. Um, but I think, you know, the number is the number is about right. Um, I, I like the fact that it's that it's two years. Um, it it allows for some transition uh, after that period, um, and. I I I don't think there there can be a a bad word to say about about how the the whole negotiations were handled. Uh, there wasn't much information that came out as is typical with the Canadians, and and uh, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with the the whole result. And a good thing about this contract as well that at the last the final year of the contract, if the Canadians decide that you know this is his last time with the Montreal Canadiens and looking to trade him away. The fact that they've given him the $5 million in year number two might make him a bit more attractive if that's the route that the Montreal Canadiens uh, decide to uh, to go. On uh, Twitter, Nino writes, I always said before during the year, he is great. In the playoffs, he has no energy left. Hope this year he can be better in playoffs where we need him the most. So thank you very much for the tweet, Nino. And that has always been a uh, a concern for Habs fans is when it comes to Plakanet, when it comes at least to goals and assists, his his production has gone down. His career, he has 36 points in 81 playoff games for the Montreal Canadiens. So that's what, a little bit over uh, 0.5 points a game. And he's minus 18 but I think, Rick, what a lot of fans or like I think sometimes even us were guilty of when we look too much at the points and we don't see the other aspects of the game. Like that he, he brings his defensive coverage. He always plays uh, with uh, versus the top guys from the other teams. And on the other hand, when it comes to the Canadians, we've seen him over at least the last couple of years. He never had any stable line mates. So... When it comes to the points and assists, he's hard to succeed in those kind of conditions. Yeah, for all of those reasons that you mentioned, I think there's a, you know, a fundamental misunderstanding of his role um, by the fans and some media that, um, you know, when you get to the playoffs, the 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 competition is your is that much, you're playing against the best players of the the uh, opposite team. Placanet's role is to shut down the the um, opponent's best players, um, even more so in the playoffs. There's that much in, more intensity. If if you want to blame uh, him about his offensive production in the playoffs, then uh, have an argument with uh, Michelle Terrian because Placanet's is doing exactly what he's been asked to do. Um, in the playoffs, and that is play a defensive role. And and as you say, you know the the his line mates have have also um, the variety of line mates have contributed to that. Uh, this season, we've seen a far more stable um, 
set of trios right down uh, through all four lines. Um, and it's it's allowed, I think, a, a bit more balance uh, to the scoring. Um, but you notice that um, Arpan Basu tweeted about 10 minutes ago or so that the Placanitz line has 54 shots on goal this season, and that's more than uh, the Galchenyuk line and the Dernier line combined. Um, so our... Um, they are they're they are ramping up their their offensive production and Thomas Pekanitz has been a big part of that with his uh, four goals to start off the season. And Pekanitz hit a couple of milestones uh, this week. He got his 500th career point in the game against the uh, Bruins, and he also became uh, the 22nd all-time in Canadians for points, surpassing uh, Bob Gainey. He did that on uh, Sunday following the game against the Ottawa Senators. And on Thursday against the Rangers, he tied Boom Jeffrey in for 24th place for most games with uh, the Montreal Canadiens. So a couple of milestones for Thomas uh, Plekanitz. So you can let us know your thoughts on this uh, deal via Twitter at Habs360, or you can give us a call toll-free at 1-877-455-4945. We'll talk about that and more on the other side of the break. This is the Habs360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Icecaps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Frameworth is the exclusive supplier and distributor of autographed products for some of the best hockey players in the world, including Carey Price, Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Taves, John Tavares, and Alex Galchenyuk. Thanks to Frameworth, Habs 360 listeners can receive free shipping on any order. Shop online at frameworth.com and type in Habs 360 at checkout. Frameworth is an official licensee of the NHL, NHLPA, Hockey Canada, CFL, and the Hockey Hall of Fame. For more information, visit frameworth.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
All right, welcome back to episode 150 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, October 17th, 2015. I'm Chris G at Chris G, 1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens at uh, All Habs. So we've been talking about the uh, Thomas Plekanec contract extension, two years, $12 million. And, well, we have a couple of comments on Twitter. First one comes from uh, Andrew, who writes, I think it is a good deal. Plays better on the first line. Go Habs, go. And definitely I do think that uh, Plakanis has been so far a great fit with uh, Max Pacioretty. And also on Twitter, we have Giselle. She just tweeted back a bunch of thumbs up, so I guess she approves the deal. So thank you very much for the tweets. You can reach us via Twitter at Habs360. And you can also reach us toll free at 1-877-455-4945. And that's where we'll go right now. And we're going to speak to Mike in Alberta, who wants to talk about the uh, Thomas Pleck and his contract extension. How are you doing, Mike? Good, yourself? Good, thank you. So so what are your thoughts on this uh, contract extension? I think it's a great deal for the Habs. Uh, you know, like I was reading, they got him, got Buchanan pretty much for a steal there. Uh, so it's nice to know he's going to be with us for the next uh, three seasons, so. Maybe he can help us win the Stanley Cup this year. And do you think he's uh he's part of the the that ingredient, what the Canadians need to go to that next level? Oh for sure, yeah. <clears throat> he's a good two way hockey player and you know, he's off to a great start this year. Maybe this is gonna be his year to uh maybe score thirty goals this year, you know, and really really help us in the playoffs, so It'll be interesting to see. I know it's early in the season, but, you know, we'll see as it goes along if he can keep playing the way he's playing right now. And I think, Mike, it's probably like one of the first times where he's had stable line mates. I think the last time he had somebody stable was when Alexi Kovalev was still with the Canadians. Yes, yes. And, you know, he's playing with the same same guys all season. You know, it's really going to help him a lot. He's always been a good two-way hockey player. He just needed the, the solid line mates, I think, as throughout his career. Like you say, he never really had that throughout his career in Montreal. So, you know, maybe now that he's got them, it'll really, really show just how good of a hockey player he really is. Yeah, so so we'll see. Hopefully you have a good season. Thank you very much for joining us, Mike, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five is uh, the phone number to reach us. And well, compared to the traditional sports talk radio, you'll get more than the ten seconds to speak on the air, and you won't have to wait forty minutes to get uh, on the air with us. So Rick, if we stick with this uh, Thomas Plekanec contract extension. Uh, I don't want to pick on you, but this, I think, has an impact on two players that I, I know you're a fan of, uh, Lars Eller and Jacob De La Rose, who is with uh, St. John's. So how do you think uh, this contract extension, so that means Plekanic is here for this year and another two years. So down the middle, if we're looking at the top three, it looks like it will be Plekanic, Galchenyuk, the order doesn't really matter. It could be Galchenyuk, then Plekanic, and David Dernay. So what happens to, to 
guys like Eller and uh, Jacob De La Rose? Well, right now, c- could you could you slot in um, somebody else as the third line center and and miss uh, David Darnay? I think I think this this uh, is more threatening to someone like Darnay. And and I think it it presents a pretty stark contrast between what we had last year and what we have this year. Uh, David Darnay last year, um, you know that he's a favorite of uh, Michelle Terrian, and and Terrian protects him. Um, and so that first line is wasn't being played in in all situations. You look at look at the game against the Rangers. The Rangers are a speedy team. Darnay is you know his foot speed is he's 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 shifty, but but he doesn't have the skating speed. So he was playing a really protect, protected role as as he did last year. Um, nobody talked about it much, but uh, the Darnay line on uh, Thursday night, um, Darnay ha- had 100 percent, which is unheard of, of his starts in the offensive zone. He wasn't put in the defensive zone at all. The other thing that was interesting there to me is that David Dayarnay didn't take one face-off, no face-offs that entire night. Um, in fact, there was a situation where uh, that um, Galchenyuk got thrown out of the face-off, and Dayarnay was was called it. He 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 said no, and he sent Semin into the uh, the face-off circle, which was which was really odd. Um, so and Darnay has been around thirty percent on faceoffs this year. So um, if he's not if he's not uh, going to be taking faceoffs, if he's not trusted in the defenses at all, um, if there's there's only you know special situations he can be deployed, uh, I think that 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 means that he's the the most easily replaceable guy in the lineup uh, of of the centers. Um, and I think the Placanets, um signing um, does the most to to threaten his future with the team. Uh, I'm not a fan of David Arne as well, but if I look at it, he still has this year, he has next year, $3.5 million. Realistically, what can the Canadians do with him, with uh, Darnay? Like, I don't disagree with you. I think that Eller or De La Rose would be an upgrade to him, but I think the Canadians are stuck with, uh, with Darnay until the end of his contract. Um, well, um, you know, some thought the same about um, Pierre Parenteau, and uh, we see that, you know, Bergevin wasn't wasn't too um, he didn't hesitate in in making the change that would upgrade his team there. There wasn't it, it helped that that Parenteau wasn't in good favor with with Tarion. Um This is a, a different situation, I realize, but uh, for the good of the team um, and to to make improvements to the team. Um, could he could he help a uh, uh, an expansion team uh, in Quebec? Uh, would they want to bring in someone like him with the the name recognition? Um, you know, that, that's that's another way to to solve the Canadians' problems as well. That's possible. So we'll keep an eye out on that. Uh, if we just go on Twitter, we just have some comments. Uh, first one comes from. Uh, from oh, our friend Wayne from uh, San, Pelid- San Pedro Belize. For the loser of the week, his choice is definitely Semin. Way too easy on the puck. No second effort. Thank you uh, for uh, for the tweet. Uh, 
next tweet comes from Chris Conidis, who is from Mississauga, Ontario. He is oh, he is a Habs fan living in enemy territory. When it comes to one reason, he thinks that the Canadians have started the season 5-0. and He writes, Carey Price, Mike Condon, and playing much better than last year's a five-unit, moving the puck and making better decisions. Thank you very much for the tweet, Chris. But I, I guess, you know, one is what, uh, what the question was. And Mike Condon, like we mentioned, made his first start last Sunday against the All Senators and was a winner. And Rick, we had a, a question as well via Facebook. Uh, we did have a question via Facebook. Uh, it comes from uh, Fred Arshoff. He's um, He uh, is the owner and moderator of a group on Facebook called Montreal Sports. Um, and he asks, I'm going to find it here. Um, he asks whether uh, Martin Lapointe and Rob Ramage, they're the player development um, uh, coaches uh, for the uh, for the Canadians. Um, he 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 acknowledges that they'll uh, probably stop into St. John's to help the players there, and asks if they'll also stop into Brampton to um, help the prospects that that uh, are sent to the Brampton Beast. Uh, the new ECHL franchise, uh, um, and and my my uh, answer to that would be, I know that uh, both uh, uh, Martin Lapointe and, and Rob Ramage travel a lot, um, and they not only will be checking in with with the the teams, but uh, they travel all over to check in with prospects with Canadians prospects in junior. Um, and my understanding is that they, if they're not dropping in, they uh, they reach out by phone and try to uh, to talk to the to the prospects uh, about once a week. And uh, no matter where they're located, whether it's the ones in Europe, uh, throughout North America, in the junior leagues, or as uh, Fred says, with um, with the two affiliated clubs in Brampton and St. John's. Um, so. Uh, Fred's always a big supporter and, and posts our articles in his Montreal sports group. So thanks for the question, Fred. We are on Twitter. So we have Rob Thompson. The one reason that he thinks the Canadians have been five and no, he writes, can deny D has looked very good moving the puck and joining rushes all four lines contributing playing as a team. So thank you very much for the tweet, Rob and Josh writes R D strongest, it's been in years combined with Kerry, obviously. So thank you very much for the tweet, Josh. And Rick, if I had to say what is the one reason that the Canadians have had the success they have so far, I think I would just copy what Rob wrote to us, that the system that the Canadians played, always like we spoke about in the first segment, the pressure that they put, the fact that the defensemen have joined the rushes, I think has been the key to the Canadian success so far uh, this season. So if I ask you that same question, one reason that the Canadians are 5-0, and what would your answer be? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to be boring, but I'm going to have to say Carey Price. If it's one reason, uh, I'm yeah, going to have to say Carey Price. Um, Carey Price, uh, the way he's been playing has been superb. He's uh, not only... You know, has he been um, making the saves, but he's been controlling the tempo. He's not allowed rebounds. He's been, I think, extra special as far as 
as uh, moving the puck and uh, his tape to tape passes are, are sharper and more accurate this year. Um, and just being a leader on the ice, Carey Price allows, allows the, the other members of the team to contribute in the ways that they are contributing and the system to be set up around him. Uh, we have one more question from, from Tony. Tony is in uh, Toronto, so a lot of options in Toronto. He asks, uh, let's talk about Terry. Does he have what it takes to win a Stanley Cup? So those of you, if you don't follow Tony on Twitter, if he doesn't follow you or if he doesn't send you 10 tweets a day, uh, <laughs> Tony is not a fan. So that's what his question is related to. And last season when the Kings were playing very defensive, very boring hockey, a lot of people were putting the blame on the coach, Michel Terrier, my as well. That's the players that he has. He he tries to get wins based on the roster that he has. Now this year, I think he's had he has a better roster. They made some moves when it comes to making acquisitions on defense. They have Peachy from the beginning. They put Galchenyuk at center. Different team, so that relates to different uh, style of play. Does he have what it takes to win a cup? I still think the Canadians are missing a top six forward, and that doesn't fall on um, on Michel Tanya. That falls on Mark Bergevin. That's my quick answer. Rick, what do you think? Uh, I, I, you know, we know what Tony's answer would be to that, to his own question. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see that Tarion has, is, is uh, al- allowing, is better matching the system to the type of players that he has. The dump and chase didn't fit with his um, roster and, and he's adjusted that. Um, now, in the same way, he's got to release, uh, he's got to get out of the power play business completely because I think it's, we've had four assistants uh, take a look at the um, five, if you count, Greg uh, Ramsey, um, at the power play. There's been stretches where it's looked good, but every time Terrian comes in and, and puts his two cents, um, the the power play goes back to being uh pretty uh, pathetic and I think if he gets out of the power play business um, that and and just works on his strengths and and gives and delegates better I think I think that's what he needs to do is is delegate better to his assistants um, he there is the possibility that that the Canadians could uh, challenge for the cup and we have a last question from Wayne in Belize once again when it comes to Terry he asks did Terry not already win the cup and that is no, in 2007-2008, they won the Eastern Conference, but they did not win the, uh, the Stanley Cup. So thank you very much, everybody, for your for your tweets today. True or false? Get the answers now on Habs 360. All right, we have just a couple of minutes left to uh, go through a true or false. Uh, since we're a little bit tight on time, we'll cut it down to uh, two questions. And for the question, I'll go first with uh, with this one. The statement is, Alex Semin will play every game until our next episode. So I'm going to say false. I think that one of these games this week, maybe even the game against on Friday, Alex Semin will be pulled out and uh, Paul Byron will be uh, given a, uh, a chance to play. 
What about you, Rick? Um, he will play every game. Um, between now and next episode, he will play every game. But beyond that, like I say, that 10 games is kind of after that, uh, then I think uh, there's a danger he could be sent to the press box. Okay, and the, and the last question we'll tackle for today, Jared Nordy and Nick Patron, they both have not played a game yet so far this season. So true or false, Rick, we can start with you. Jared Nordy and Craig Patron both will play before the next episode, and it doesn't have to be in the same game. They both will play. Uh, I say that's false. Uh, one of, I think one of them, either Greg Patteron or, or Jared Tenori, will play. I don't think they'll both play. Um, I think it'll be at the expense of, of Tom Gilbert. But Nathan Beaulieu has, has had his uh, struggles. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's been involved in risky play, and, and uh, he's, uh, yeah, he, he could be sitting a bit more. So I'll go opposite. We'll have two different picks, Rick, this week. I'll say two. I think before, by next episode, both of them will have played at least one game with uh, with a Canadian game. See the game against Buffalo being one of them, where they'll be able to slip in the mid, and maybe against the St. Louis Blues on Tuesday night, Western Conference team, who knows, they might put them in. These guys got to play. They can't, they can't go. It will be eight games into the season without having played a game. I I really don't think the Canadians would go down that route, but we'll see. It's true or false, so we'll know the answer to both these questions by next uh, episode. So I'll be able to gloat while Rick is, you know, of his uh, of his choices. <laughs> Canadians playing three games until our next episode starts tonight at seven o'clock. Okay, Reds at the Bell Center. The game can be on BC and in French on TVA Sports. And speaking of winners of the week, I'll think CBC deserves a nomination because this game was originally scheduled to be on CDTV and the Leafs were supposed to be on CBC. And the CBC made the right decision and they put the Canadians on the main network and put the Leafs on CD. On Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. start, the Blues are in town to face the Canadians, and then on Friday, 7 o'clock Eastern start Canadians in Buffalo to face the Buffalo Sabres. Both those games can be seen only to viewers in Belleville East, on the city Montreal in English, and on uh, in French. Rick, thank you very much. Hi, it's, it has been a great show. Uh, thank you, too. Look forward to the game tonight. And thank you, everybody, as well, who attended us and who uh, gave us a call next week we'll be looking ahead to a game between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs a good game will it be boring who knows and don't forget Zesto Resto gift card will be giving away one on Friday night for the game against the Sabres we'll talk next week to Eastern see ya for the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.